they fucking lost, Pete. Oh, I'm <laughs> so <lost>. sorry. <laughs> the birds <laughs> lost to the Jets. Are you a Jets wow. fan, Donnie? I am a Jets fan, yes. Oh, good for <laughs> you. Good congratulations. Congratulations, Donnie. It was a good game. It was a close game. This is Petey Page. I am Mike. J Mac. Brutal dudes. I mean, it was a sloppy game. I don't. Yeah, I don't, both ends. It was very sloppy on both sides. Yeah. So, so um, many inappropriate jokes I can make there, but Taylor <laughs> <laughs> Hurts is a fucking animal. I mean, I can't. He's unstoppable. I mean, yeah. it, if it wasn't for those turnovers, I, you can't bring that guy down. He's 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 just. You're. I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you the two things that I saw that 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 closed that game out were. Uh, the Jets defense played great. Mm-hmm. They really did play great. And they figured out how to stop the brotherly shove, which is don't give the Eagles the opportunity to have a one or two yard play because they're going to get it every time. And yeah. just the demoralizing aspect of that. They, I don't think they even ran it. I think they ran it one time. Yeah. The tush push. Yeah. The tush so, push. <laughs> yeah. I like brotherly shove better. I mean, I don't know the sports, but you had me at sloppy on both ends. <laughs> Well, I'm yeah. going to start calling it the butt blast, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> you keep your buffalo ass over there. That's fair. All right. <laughs> I don't think I have anything for an intro. Got it. I'm sorry, this dude. I'm sorry. I, like, I'm I'm bombarded by this, by the stupidity of my family today. Hold on. Let me think. I'll come up with something. <laughs> I think that's a great enough intro. Like, I'm bombarded yeah. by the stupidity of my family today. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's where everybody can, everybody can feel me today. Everybody yeah, exactly. Right in the feels, baby. That's our role. And welcome to Brutal Dudes. We have a special guest today. Please introduce yourself, sir. Hello, I'm uh, Donnie Dykowski from the band Mirrors on the Moon. Thank Thanks you very for much for coming on, sir. No, thank you dudes for having me. Seriously, it's an honor. <laughs> and we were just saying off mic, we were literally just re-watching your video again right before this interview. I, I really have to say that I really appreciated the video. Because I feel like I've seen a lot of videos lately. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I've seen a lot of videos from bands lately where they're just very low effort. And you can tell there was a lot of like work and creativity that went into the video. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was just how that video came about. Was it your concept? How did all that happen? Well, well, first thing, um, I'm fortunate that I have a lot of friends in the creative space. And we all kind of champion each other's efforts and the director and animator behind that video. Um, I'll say that it, at first it took six months to produce that video. Um, the stop motion animation is like, just you have to be a fucking madman to want to even do that with your life. <laughs> because for every like four hours of stop motion, I think you get about three seconds of like footage um, to kind of get like 24 frames per second, something like that, to just try to trick the eye into thinking it's seamless. It's crazy. Um, but the director behind that, his name is Roatash Rao. He's, uh, he used to be creative director for the Cartoon Network. And we know each other because we both are in the like branded space for day jobs. Like we both, you know, I do music for, you know, TV and film and, and he, he's been a director and an animator in that space for years. So we met each other at a poker game, uh, yada, yada. I don't have a gag reflex. We became best friends, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But, um, we've worked on videos before, but this one was like just a Herculean effort and I'm thrilled that he took it on and, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so pleased with, with where it went. And how has the response to that been? Like, have you gotten a lot of feedback yet from it? Yeah, so far it's been great. Like, I've been uh, in the few days that it's been live, it has over 5,000 views. And um, thankfully, nobody's said the song sucked. So that's <laughs> a huge win, especially on the Reddit forums, which can be brutal. Um, everybody on Reddit really likes the video from 
the animation forums to the video um the music video forums to like prog rock or alt country or anywhere that this song could, might live they've they've all been very uh warm and kind about it and uh yeah and the press that's been coming in it's been fairly great sans one review that said that the song he could smell the patchouli oil off the song. Which... <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid, but funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. Um, we, it's funny too because we were me and Mike were literally just like, I was like, you know, I like this song. We 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 both literally said it like, yeah, this is pretty good. So we you and you get our approval too. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna say I typically judge a song based on like you know. Uh, like if I can picture myself just kind of like sitting back, window cracked open, nice breeze coming in and just like playing it, then it's a good tune. And that's like that was the vibe that I was getting. Um, I understand the patchouli oil thing, but like it is very mellow. It's very it's a very cool, um, very cool, like easy going tune. And uh, the video complements it really well. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, once the bridge hits, the tune takes a turn. Like once the beat drop, it takes one turn. But once the bridge hit, it it goes to someplace a little jammy and then a little progressive in that, um, you know, we kind of walk through a minor progression, like with distorted guitars that come out the other end with like some fragmented pieces of the chorus. And um, it's fun. I mean, I think there's a lot of ear candy in the track and it's such a different um, type of like song than anything else in the, that I've done. Uh, but, you know, I try not to overthink these things. You know, if it, if it, you know, if somehow the muse tells you, hey, you know, make a song like this, then who am twang I? Twang in the song. Yeah. There's a lot of twang. And I, and I, 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 not in a bad way. Like I dug it. It's like reverberating in my ears. Like, and that's a good thing. Like, cause I can hear, I can, there was a lot. I'm not, I'm not used to songs with twang. Cause I don't really, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge country fan. I'm sure if you've listened to any episodes of the show, you'll understand that. But, uh, <laughs> But that kind of vibe, but I was like, but it, it doesn't give that like this is a country song vibe, but it does have country elements, but they didn't bother me. So that's, you know, good work. <laughs> I think the lyrics are kind of, um, you know, they're they're kind of I, I if I if I can wax poetic for a second, like they, they kind of they're they're a little you know, smoke a joint and step into the eye of the universe type of shit. They're, but they uh, also make sense. And that's, that's one of the things that I liked is like, I could like, sometimes you hear people try really hard to have meaning in their lyrics. And it's like, you're, you're just like, I get it. Like, cool. But like, sometimes you, you, you make, you make lyrics and they like, they just sit well. And I think that's the, a lot of the lyrics that you had. Like a lot of the song, it just sits well. Like it, you're just like, yeah, this is cool, man. Like this is this is mellow. I like this. Um, Want to overthink the lyrics? Like I, I've, I've I tried to. I've had people say, "Hey, you should write another verse," but I think everything I needed to say was just simply there, and and it's just it kind of just points you to being, you know, present in the moment and being grateful for. You know the lucky sperm that kind of got us here. Whatever, whatever, whatever gave us consciousness, just be grateful for it. Um, the other thing it remind very much reminded me of uh, the, the um, it's either the third or the I think it's the fourth Spin Doctors album. They had a fourth album. Yeah, so they did. They did. Um, the first one was the one with all the hits. Mm -hmm. The second one was a really really groove inspired they've did a song called big fat funky booty and i know it sounds ridiculous but it like for them it really worked because it was their follow-up to puck full crypt night then they did that third album with the other guitarist that was just trash i feel like i'm learning so much about you today <laughs> <laughs> and then they did and then they did a fourth album and it's got a song called i want to say it's, it's hear about a train or something or hear hear something something about it it might just be called about a train but it's got a very similar vibe to your song. And I, but I, but I really liked it because it was like the spin doctor saying like, fuck you guys, you know, I'm glad you like pocket full of kryptonite, but like, that's not all we can do. Yeah. And it, like, it very much was a statement. Like, I, I don't give a fuck if you like this song, we're still going to release songs and it's going to be stuff that we like. So. I'll take it. I, I used to love the spin doctors. There was um back in the day, um, 
they used to play the wetlands all the time and uh tuesday nights i mean they didn't give a fuck back in the in the late 90s like if you were old enough to go to a club and we would all just pile into a car i remember we had nine of us piled into a, a pontiac bonneville once two in the trunk oh. four across the back seat um and we were fighting for that trunk spot because it was like the most, you know, spacious. And we, <laughs> I mean, we were, I don't even think we had driver's licenses and we were drinking Chivas Regal. And I think we made it to Manhattan in about 20 minutes, um, which was uh, very impressive. Uh, <laughs> long story short, we would, just, we would see the spin doctors uh, and, and there was a whole scene of uh of bands at the time and and uh i'll take that compliment they have an album i think live at the wetlands that was really really good and yeah uh, you know i that there's a track rosetta stone that that i still like oh yeah, yeah 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 that's um isn't that on home belly groove too that's the other the other their other live album that has uh that has the one where they do your mama jokes there's a song where they just do your mama jokes I don't remember the name of the song, but it's a really good song. And then they did, um, that's when they did uh, Refrigerator Car Live, which is, Refrigerator Car is one of my favorite songs, like, of all time. Wow. Wow, I have to re-listen to that stuff. Um, oh, it's my, it's like my favorite. I wish, I wish a band that I like would cover it because it's such a good song. It's just so, it's like, uh, what's the other one? There's another, is it How Could, yeah, How Could You Love Her? When you know you could have me, that's the other song that I like by them. That's just so fucking good, mm-hmm. and it's like I just wish people would cover those songs because not enough people have heard about them. And I feel like covers help help expose the the, the deep cut songs if you pick the right deep cut songs. Like if you're doing the same songs that everybody's doing, like blah. But if you're doing like cover songs of songs that you really love, I think that it like will will come out of the song. And I just I've never heard anyone cover that song, but I remember like hearing it for the first time and being like, this is such a good song. Also because I work at a grocery store and refrigerator cars is what bring the stuff in, but that's what it's about. It's about their, their hearts being like a refrigerator car. And I, I know that sounds dumb because again, a lot of spin doctor stuff, like when you say it out loud, it sounds dumb, but like when you hear them do it, they put such like heart into it that it like yeah. it evolves. And I feel like with your song, like the segue i feel like with your song (laughs) that's kind of the that's the main vibe that i get is like because you said yourself it's just very like it's very basic but it but you put you put heart into it by by how you perform it and how you and how you wrote it and i i really like that about the song and the video it's like you can tell you like mike said you can tell you took the time to like put in the effort for the song it's not just like i need to do this because i want to be a rock like i want to be a musician it's like this i actually care about my music and i want you to enjoy it as much as i enjoyed making yeah Yeah. i'm glad that that translated um there's a there's a ton of heart on in in every one of the tunes that we've you know released so far and uh yeah i'm 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 glad that it i mean look if you hated it then that would be kind of cool too because at least i'm getting some kind of response emotion yeah if you had no opinion, then I feel like I'm not doing my job. Speaking of opinions, and I want to get this out of the way quickly because we're having an interesting <laughs> musical conversation, and this kind of derails a lot of our conversations. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to any of our shows before you? I did. I did. Okay. So you know our Le- Friends Against Leto? No, I don't know the Friends Against Leto. I'm sorry. Okay, we hate Jared Leto. Okay. Uh, he's he's a vile piece of scum. And... Uh, we're recruiting people to form an army to go against him called friends against Leto. Uh, if you're neutral, it's cool. Uh, I get it. If you don't have an opinion and would like to just jump in, you're cool. You're welcome. I if, have a Jared Leto story. You have a story? Sorry. Yeah. It's a please, bit. please regale us. Is it good or bad? Um, it's just kind of, if anything, it kind of, it throws mud on, on my camp's face. Um, in, as we had an opportunity with them um, back in the day, I had a band called Chester White. Okay. And um, kind of, you know, it, we had some moves. We played some theaters. We did the Warp Tour. We, it, it opened the door for me to, to kind of write for other artists and to, you know, make music for TV, film, all that stuff. Um, 
but when we were grinding and and you know just gigging like you know relentlessly we were in philly checking into a hotel and at the time i had um a manager that was kind of bananas this guy he had a napoleon complex and he he was very rude which i mean as you could <laughs> as you could probably picture from a manager he was pugnacious and very unlikable and for whatever reason my dad took a liking to him so we were all in philly with my dad and my dad as we were all checking into the same hotel together kind of uh was checking in with um uh 30 seconds to mars and their management and i'm like oh this is a great opportunity hey pop here take our cd give it to him you know maybe we can you know talk about you know how we might be able to work together we were playing at a venue called the grape street and they were playing at the trocadero which were both awesome venues and i, lo I love grape street it's a, it's such a cool little spot yes it's uh, and and at the time it, i think it it's was a great place to be escorted out by police <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah and I for life i, I <laughs> It was it, it was a great culture. Philly was so like kind to that band, and um, and and we it opened up doors with uh, Eric Bazilian from the Hooters. We opened up for him once, and he was like, "Hey, if you ever need a recording studio, just use my spot." And that happened. So I was grateful for the whole Philly energy. But uh, my dad went to high school with him. Oh, really? Yeah, they graduated. I think they graduated together, but they used to play local because he's from Levittown, which is where I'm from. And my dad, when they were growing up, he knew all the Hooters. He still talks to them, I think, sometimes. Oh, that's great. So I, I really shit the bed with that relationship too, just spilling the tea because <laughs> I, I didn't know Dick and I trusted, like this band had like, you know, publicists and music attorneys and, and booking agents and all sorts of things that you thought you could trust that had your best interest. But getting back to 30 seconds from Mars, like my dad goes up to them and says, hey, you guys look like a marching band. Are you a marching band? And he, starts, <laughs> he wouldn't let go of the fact that they look like a marching band to the point where uh, their manager came over to me and he goes, hey, are those guys with you? And pointing to this little manager and my dad who were just, my dad's 6'2", and you know he had a lot of bravado like picture tom Selleck with the short shorts and all of that and uh you never stop picturing it <laughs> right anyway they said if these guys are in your corner you're never going to make it in this business <laughs> that's what they said to me uh yeah how the fuck would they know <laughs> <laughs> his music blows yeah i mean i mean look he in, in all essence he was probably they were probably right Probably. But I doubt that Jared was making that comment that that's smart of a fucking, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did Suicide Squad. Yes. So, yeah, I. So he's not making the best decisions either. <laughs> I'll I'll say this: their music hasn't really hit me in a place where I want to really listen to it. Um, but he looks amazing for his age. I'll say that if I could throw a compliment towards him, I don't know what blood he's drinking, what child's blood he's drinking. <laughs> there you go. Listen. Demons got all kinds of ways to keep their youthful look. That's how they suck the souls in. You know what? My sister, <laughs> I was just talking about this. My sister's a flat earther. No bullshit. And nice. uh, she really thinks that like politicians are drinking child's children's blood, which uh, I can't argue with her. I just have to enjoy the conversation for what it is. <laughs> I feel like those would be fun to have if you're not like, if you don't get malicious or angry, like, I love talking to crazy people. No offense. I I just, I think those are the, some of the best conversations I've ever had. Yeah. You just have to hope your gummy kicks in at the right time and you got to into it. <laughs> right. Wow. So, so, sorry for the long winded uh, letter. No, dude, listen, we love, we love anything that makes Jared, you know, that, that solidifies our stance on Jared being a nutsack because he could have just addressed you and been like, Hey guys, leave them alone. Yes, and he didn't. He he let you. He he was like, oh, "I'm too big for these guys." That might have been the same time they were. <laughs> I can't remember if it was the truck. I think it was the truck when I got into my fight with Jared. Oh, so, yeah, I almost got into a fist fight with him. I can't. I'm not allowed to tell it on the air anymore because a bunch of our fans are tired of hearing it. But I I got into a fist fight with him. I almost got into a fist fight with him. Did he call oh, your dad no. also? No, he was he. He called me a dick, probably. I don't know. He was screaming obscenities because we were yelling at each other. 
So. Oh shit. Yeah. So it got it got heated. Um, there's I'll, plenty of footage. If you want, after we're done the interview, if you want to go back and look, there's plenty of there's plenty of, of coverage of this event. <laughs> it was just, it was a pivotal moment in my life. <laughs> I'll sign your petition though. Uh, yeah, um, I love it. I love it, dude. I love a bandwagon, so I'm I'm in. Yes, everybody does. I think that's really cool. We're gonna get shirts made eventually, but we have we're still working on the design. We're thinking the friends logo, yeah, and then yeah. where the friends are, we'll have um, different Jared Leto's. Different Leto's, yeah. So it's like it's like you know one of them is like Suicide Squad Leto, one is Leto from My So Called Life, one is Thirty Seconds to Mars covered Leto. You know, and they'll just be all different ones like Ross and Chandler and all them. But they're like standing there with the Friends logo, but there'll be Friends and then against Leto underneath. Well, if you need somebody to help with a Photoshop, I'm your guy. I fucking love it, dude. Thank you. I appreciate this. Yeah, See, I knew. I'm also just realizing I've never seen Friends. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, think, I know what it is because it's such a big pop culture thing. So I'm actually familiar with like the characters and shit from it just being everywhere. But um, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever actually watched an episode of Friends. No, Unpopular opinion, it's not that funny. Yeah, I can't stand Friends. Friends sucks. My sister I think, hates I think it. it's one of those shows that like it in its time, like if you were able to see it when it was a thing and it's very like the humor is very of the time and like it, it, it's one of those like I, I don't. I don't think it holds up really well, but yeah, I I know friend. I have friends who love that fucking show and like are like, oh, it's amazing. It's it's what I put on in the background when I just need to kind of like you know have That's something ridiculous on. And... Because the only thing you put on in the background is Mean Girls <laughs> or or Brutal Dudes. You can just put Brutal Dudes. You can put the Brutal Dudes. That's why. more of an active listening experience. But, yeah. <laughs> My uh, ambient and this is this is not a joke. My like ambient atmosphere is Mean Girls. That's great. I put it on all the time, like to the point where my wife is sick of girls, <laughs> like hates when she comes in and it's on. I've started mixing it up a little bit with Pitch Perfect, but the problem I with Pitch Perfect is I'll just sit down. And it's start Rebel Wilson because I fucking can't stand. Her, so I don't dude. love Rebel Wilson. Oh, who I does? Will, yeah, I will acknowledge that. Dogs, but stray dogs, baby. Mean Girls is my, is my heroine. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Dude, I can't stand Rebel Wilson. Do you like Rebel Wilson, Donnie? I have nine-year-old twin daughters, and <sighs> they love Pitch Perfect. So I'm, I'm, I'm I have the same taste of nine-year-old twin girls. Yes. <laughs> Mike also has a Britney Spears T-shirt collection. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Not an exaggeration. Yeah. Full, full disclosure. Wait. Amazing. She's fucking wildly entertaining these days for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, dude. Is I... it the wrong reasons, though? Why did you... Here's my question. Here's my question. You just released a Mortal Kombat, right? And uh, then Britney not a And then Britney releases a video of her dancing with knives. Mm -hmm. Why is she not a, an unlockable DLC character? Are you kidding me? I would lose my job. Are you kidding me? I would just play Mortal Kombat as Britney Spears. You want to help Britney <laughs> by giving her more money and getting her out of those assistant ships or whatever she's fucking locked into? Give her Mortal Kombat money for being a DLC. Why did what you put Timberlake? You put Christina Aguilera, Lindsay Lohan, and fucking Britney Spears as the pack. Boom. Done. Pretty solid idea. I don't know who because they all are generically the same. Maybe the space cadet with the goggles. Yeah, I don't know the Where Backstreet Boys. Fuck that. I mean, I know a couple of their songs, but like they didn't have a Justin. Like they didn't. Have no, they didn't. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Except no, wasn't Lachey? Lachey was a Backstreet Boy, wasn't he? No, that was mm -hmm. ninety. Ninety-eight degrees. I just remember. I'm so glad somebody Justin else said it before me. <laughs> I was like, I can't talk about Mean Girls and Pitch Perfect being favorites of mine, and know that Nick Lachey was a ninety-eight. You literally, you're you're literally. It's like I can't pile on that much. <laughs> you're peewee in it, dude. <laughs> um, I'm I'm terrible with that. Like I don't. I'll like I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh, this is Backstreet Boys, and my wife will be like, it's uh 98 degrees <laughs> and i'm like oh i'll be like oh it's insane she's like no that's backstreet boys i'm like fuck like i just i never get it right i never get it right my sisters listen to all of that and i still can't get it i know that i know the nsync songs because they were huge nsync fanatics and i actually like timberlake before he left the band and then his solo stuff i just really enjoyed i really genuinely like timberlake i, yeah, I, I didn't like nsync 
um, I could recognize Justin Timberlake's talent. Yeah. And I genuinely like his solos. Yeah, his solo stuff is great. That's how I feel about the uh, the new kid on the block guy, Jordan Knight. I really like Jordan Knight. Not shit. Donnie Wahlberg? No. I'm not a Donnie fan. <laughs> Jordan was the guy that was the main head on the sleeping bag. I was about so to say the less to talented sleep. Wahlberg, but then I thought about it and I was like, is there a less talented Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> Donnie was in Saw, dude. That's right. I always forget that. Yeah. He, before he did his cop yeah. thing in Blue Bloods, he was on Saw. Was I'm just mad. Like, I really thought when I went to Boston that uh, Marky Mark would just be there to greet me. Just hanging out. Yeah. Like, hey, welcome be, to Boston. Yeah, you would just go to random places to and there'd be a Funky Bunch member <laughs> somewhere and I didn't see any of them. I don't even... I, who was in the Funky Bunch? We'll have to figure that out. Maybe we can get the Funky Bunch to uh to do your next video. Or to sign the Jared <laughs> Leto petition. They would definitely do Dude, the Funky Bunch would be with us. Absolutely. Ashy Ace would be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Obscure Funky Bunch member. Oh, yeah, right. I was going to say, <laughs> man, okay. I'm really piling on today. <laughs> so so what, um, what genre would you consider yourself? Because you mentioned a couple. Like all country. Like what, how would you describe your overall your music? Or do you just dabble in all in a lot of different things? I would say the <laughs> umbrella where this fits in is probably psych rock. Okay. But where uh, I'm a huge Bowie fan. And um, if I were to pick like a desert Island, you know, disc for Bowie, it would probably be hunky dory because it is such a bold, like, album. Yeah. like every song is so wildly different. And he took chances on that album uh, where you could see later in his career where he would just, you know, pivot from, you know, stylistically. Uh, but that album is really like a, like a, a, almost a, you know, a foreshadowing of what was to come. And, you know, I'm not saying this is in any way like hunky dory, but I think that it stretches from song like Marigolds, for example, it kind of has some prog rock tendencies and then you have a song like Whiskey and Wine, which is more alt country. And can we say twangy? I don't want to call it country. I like calling it twangy. Yeah, sure. sure. And okay. when I say like alt country, I, I know that my morning jacket kind of fits in that space. So Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Which isn't really country to me at all. But uh I I've been having, you know, I've been having to, you know, put these things in categories which uh I th it's all rock and roll to me, but uh, and you know, not unlike like I say, the Bowie or the Beatles, where you know, the albums kind of you know, the songs kind of dictated where you know, the I don't know, the the, the, the style of the songs might differ from the any cohesive thread throughout the album other than the musicianship and the production. Um, it's very much a Billy Joel thing, too, I feel like. Yeah, no, totally. He, totally. he uh, he has he's because his vibe is like some of his songs are really badass. Like, like a song that never gets enough play by him for me is Stiletto. Love that song, but you very rarely hear it on the radio. But like, you'll hear "Moving Out" like crazy, and "Moving Out" is like a pretty heavy song. Mm -hmm. It's hard, and and but it's like having their piano books around like during like formative years, just on how to you know put. A song in motion how to like lead from one chord to the next or how to play with inversions so i i should i owe it to myself to to take a deep dive into the essentials you absolutely should I, worst comes to worst and stiletto are my two favorites i like angry young man too just because i love that piano in the beginning that's just yeah. so wild just seeing him do that live like you think it's like uh there's there's no way he like can get that live every time i saw him twice live and both times did not miss a, a key with how fast he has to play that, I'm like, that's fucking incredible. I, I I would never be able to do it on point like that that much. Have you ever seen the? There it goes. Say it again. No, what are? Oh, I, so I, it's the show. Um, I think it's the old Gray Whistle Test. It was a show from the 70s. Um, but if you just look it up on YouTube, he is so incredibly like on point and high on cocaine. It. <laughs> I have to check it out. Gray whistle, it's called. Yeah, the gray whistle test or the old gray whistle test. It's so good um, because he's just a fucking madman back there, and he's just running that band, and he's so fucking high. 
It's amazing. <laughs> but they're super Sounds huge. right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, you know, high as a kite. And he was just, he was, he, I mean, if there was ever like a poster child for, for what cocaine could do for you, it was, it was it's that footage. <laughs> that yeah. or old Mick Jagger. Yep. Because his dances, man. I feel like he opened up like some part of him by doing cocaine and then like it stayed open and he has that like demon devil dance that he does. And it just, he was just able to like tap into it from, from then on. And I broke myself with cocaine, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a good broke. (laughs) I've heard that he learned his, he, he basically, uh, I think he was on tour with Tina Turner and James Brown. And I might be fucking this up, but I, I think he wa- he couldn't follow James Brown and he wanted to like, he basically co-opted the dance from James Brown. Like, oh, wow. Footwork. Um, when they had those, uh, I think it was one of those American tours that they had done. So something to look into. I, I know I'm fucking it up, but there's, there's a nugget of truth in, in the bullshit that I'm spitting right now. Nah, it's cool. I love the stones, man. They're like, they're, I dig the stones. I love cocaine. <laughs> well, I was going to say that's good, but I don't know that that's good. So I'm not going to, I'm going to rescind that, that that's good. Cocaine has never hurt anybody. <laughs> this, is, this is medical advice. Uh, Scarface. Jeez. Although he did take a bunch of bullets before he actually died. Yeah. I mean, he I died point, a lot sooner without <laughs> cocaine prolonged his life. So yeah. we're good. So saves lives <laughs> you heard it jimmy said it cocaine right. saves lives that's right i did that's our next t-shirt Stamp of approval. <laughs> cocaine saves lives we should put it should just be like a like a like a like a lifesaver like an inner tube like that that's on like a like a lifeguards and it should say cocaine <laughs> just on the inner tube well speaking of t-shirts uh <laughs> do you like that segue guys that's good that's that awesome that's good uh is there any kind of merchandise people can look for? Not yet. I mean, this is a pretty, I'd say a fairly new band. Like we, we've played a couple of festivals and we've, um, the first releases have been over the summer. I think till late June was the first single drop. Um, the answer is kind of no, although I, I have some ideas. Um, if you can't tell, like the band is basically, it's me. I have a band of people that I play with. Um, and I couldn't do this record without their voice on the record. I don't think it would sound quite like that, but, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm writing the songs here. I'm producing the songs here. And then I bring them in to elevate the, uh, the, the temp tracks or the, you know, the mapped out, you know, drums or, uh, and I'm open to the best idea. And as far as merch goes, yeah, I'm 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 not in the. Uh, I'm my mind is more on like how can I get um, a sync placement for like a film rather than um, like a a pin or a sticker or a shirt. Or I would love a pre- I would love to press some vinyl though. That is true. You know, as I work out these singles and EP drops towards uh, a full length album. That is something that I would really like is to have some some vinyl. So you're catching me at the early stages of all this. So thank you for, you know, for listening and having me on. No, man, dude, it's cool. We uh we appreciate it. Like I said, we 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 love having people on that are that are cool with, that just like talking and uh and and have shit to promote because you know what better way to get stuff out there. Well, and, uh, I can't see your faces, but there's I see a Les Paul behind you. Um, <laughs> Never okay, mics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mike, what's your what's your genre? My genre? It's like industrial, right? Yeah. Mike's also a musician. Nice. You guys are very similar. You do the same sort of thing with your songs, right? Like you you like compose them and then get people yeah. to bring in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny that you're that you Donnie that you're like that because it's it's because that that was that was one of the things I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's that's kind of what Mike does with his music. Yeah, I'm. It, you know, we have so many tools these days, and I've I've 
I, I would say in, since I was like 15, I've always had some kind of, well, even before that, like I've always been recording on four tracks and then worked my way through professional studios. And now I have this production studio that I'm, you know, speaking to you guys from, but um, yeah, I usually write most of my shit. Like, uh, like you were saying, mean girls is your ambient sounds in the background. Like I just have a Les Paul in my hands and I just kind of veg out. Uh, while I'm just decompressing after a day and just try to let the ideas come because my day job is, is, is usually writing or just, you know, hustling for, you know, for co composition gigs or production gigs or, you know, the grind like anybody has, but um, yeah, you know, when you, when your day job is writing music and like, how do you find the bandwidth to write something it has a little more substance and and for me i need that mean girls element in the back to kind of you know kill my monkey mind or just keep it <laughs> i have brush works for me that's what i use rush yeah love rush uh i yeah totally i although can i tell you my favorite rush tune is probably working man which is before yeah. No, dude, I love working, man. It's it's it it was it was one of the first ones I ever heard. Um, it's amazing. Mine is um, hmm, probably Far Cry, which is a newer one. Like it's more of their recent stuff, but it's just so badass that I'm just like, ah, oh. because I love all their stuff. I love their whole progression of what they do. I love listening to their albums. One of my favorite things to do with albums with bands that I love is to just listen all the way through all their albums and see them progress. Another mm -hmm. band that I really love is every time I die and like listening to their first couple of albums as they just get more and more like developed and, and better. You're just like, God damn, these guys are so good. And rush is absolutely that, but I like their, 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 their newer stuff because they're so much better as musicians than they were. And it's like they get every like you can hear everything they learned as the new songs come out. And you're just like, oh, man. But Far Cry, I remember hearing it the first time. And I was like, because I remember somebody saying like Rush is, Rush is a, a pussy ass band. They're, they're weak. And I'm like, they're not weak, dude. They're hard as shit. And I played then they, we, they played this song. And I was like, how can you say that that's not one of the hardest songs you've ever heard? It's so good. Yeah. yeah. I mean undeniable the influence that rush has had on you know on rock music so i don't think they can ever be soft you had talked about like really like working on music towards um with with the intent of like you know being on like film um or you know some other type of media and i was kind of wondering like what's what's the um is there like an appeal to that or is there like a there's like a, a like what it like what is interesting about you know music for that purpose well, a few things. One, I think that the music is, this music is pretty cinematic. And um, I also have to lean into the things that I can control. So my network is, you know, a bunch of producers and music supervisors and filmmakers. Um, that's my network outside of this band, my day job network. So being able to get them this kind of music that might help them tell their stories, I think is great because we're in an age now where everyone's fighting for your attention. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just, we have slot machines on our phone. Like uh, Tristan Harris would tell you this from the center for humane technology. Um, it's really a crisis right now, especially with, you know, I would say baby boomers and, you know, anybody that's from a younger generation, we're all just, you know, every, piece of tech is fighting for your attention and TikTok is the perfect example of it with an endless scroll, whatever. But what's great about, you know, being a part of a film or um, a TV show is that you have a captive audience. There are people there that might um, associate your song with something that is, that has some weight to it and they might become a fan. Uh, there are other ways to promote your music, but I feel like, I, I, like I said before, it's one, if you can find a captive audience with a network that you have and lean into those strengths, then that's great. And, but I'm not writing for that purpose. I'm, I'm writing songs that, frankly, I'd want to hear. 
mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to find, you know, to to spit some truth. I mean, there's truth in the execution of it. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to quantize all the music so it has no soul. I'm 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 trying to keep it as keep as much life into in these records as possible in a digital age. Um, and, uh, and I'm trying to say something in, in the, you know, not to be like a fucking douche, but I'm just, I'm trying to be honest in the lyrics. Like you said before, like whiskey and wine. I mean, it made sense to you. It's not a love song where that you've heard a thousand times. It's, you know, it's just kind of a picture and mm-hmm. it's putting your, your, hopefully your mind in a place that can, you know, see the picture in the frame of three minutes and 40 seconds. Nice. Yeah. No, that was, that was great. I, 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 I guess I, I guess when you'd said, when you had, when you had said it before, I kind of was like, I thought that that was kind of like, like the goal, like the goal was to be like, um, to have like, you know, you know, make music that could be, you know, on, you know, in in cinema, but like, if you make music and it just happens to be cinematic, like what you said, like why not? You know, go for it. That that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I feel like my the 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 tempo at which like I, the music I create, I feel like there's a, a certain like Neil Young tempo to it, if it makes sense. Like all of his shits kind of has a certain vibe to it. Like mm-hmm. no matter what he writes, it it all has a certain um, languid tempo. I mean, not all of it, but for me, like the the good stuff, the meat on the bone, all feels like it. It's it's living at a, you know, ninety to a hundred beats per minute, and and I I love that. I love something that that, you know, it's a, it's a bit sexy. It's not like, you know, like a Kiss record. No offense, <laughs> certain urgency to a Chris a Kiss record. Whereas if you listen to like, you know, No Quarter by Zeppelin, you're it puts you in a different space. You know, it's a little right. more sexier and that i um yeah it's totally fair i'll throw another one out too that's that's not so much uh, like i'm like a mellow language with the kinks you get a lot of the same type of stuff with the kinks there's there's every album has just these you know every song is different and it has kink sound but like each song represents just this this like picture or story that you're just you're seeing play out it's not lola's not the one i'm thinking of either it's it's the one that i don't know that i don't remember the name of the song off the top of my head but it's about Somebody got like a, a girl getting physically abused, and it's like, it's it's like an upbeat song about being like the the beat is is up about physical abuse, and it's like this doesn't match, but like the song is still so good, you're just like ah, like I feel like rocking out to this song, but it's about a lady beat up. Like I I don't think he really beats people like beats beats ladies up because it's like this is a song about her trying to get like him telling her to try and get help, but like it's a very it's a very like upbeat song, and it's like. But it tells that story and you're like, ah, I get it. And that that's with Neil Young, I kind of get the same thing. Like there's a lot of this a lot of stuff that he a lot of his songs are like, you know, like Cinnamon Girl. Yeah. Like that's a very much like that's not a song you would think Neil Young would sing, you know, looking the way he did and does. You're like, what? Cinnamon Girl? Like, I don't get that. But then you hear the song and you're like, ah, I like this. There's something there's something very much to be said for storytelling in song. Excuse me. And, and, and I don't want to draw the parallel to this place, but I I just kind of have to, but I don't, I don't know if you guys, and I don't want to insult you, but um, if you listen to the Smiths at all, uh, you have the darkest lyrics like written in the, and with the most peppiest melodies <laughs> i i know of them i've never actually like sat down and listened to them mm-hmm. but but yeah i get it <laughs> I, I that's the cure too right is that's robert smith right no that's morrissey so but morrissey yeah but yeah. they're they're both tortured robert smith morrissey <laughs> I, I love that i love um you know at a time there's clearly there's um there's something there's substance to the artist because they're painted into a corner socially by not being able to be you know the they can't publicly be you know gay for example and with that you have to kind of 
you know, paint between the lines. And there's a certain tortured nature to the artist in the 80s or the 70s, like Elton John, that, that I think brought out the best in them that made them undeniably great, like, you know, the Elton Johns and the Freddie Mercury's and Bowie, Bowie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bowie was everything everywhere. But yes, like true. The, and the, the oftentimes, like you, you, when I hear, you know, there's there's a certain you believe the the storyteller, and I think that's important. Now, I know we didn't touch upon this, but I'm a cancer survivor, um, and basically five years of my life was was trying to work my way out of that hole and I needed to have a stem cell transplant. But through that at a young age, I think I came out the other end just, you know, giving, you know, I I just, you know, being able to be a more honest storyteller, not caring so much what other people might think, even though sure, it's still important. Excuse me. I'm not crying. I'm just thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think it's, um, it's your, your duty, I think, as a, as an artist to be honest. And in these songs and in the songs that resonate with me from other artists, like I was just saying, I I feel like they all have had some kind of um, struggle to work through or, or social norms that they didn't quite fit in. Um, which, of course, they broke those barriers through art. And I'm not, you know, saying that I'm breaking through any barriers. I'm in no way saying that I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like my heroes. But you can hear the influence of those artists on my records. And I'm, I'm proud of, of the, you know, the, the shoulders that I could stand on. Yeah, but I, I also, too, think I, I don't discount yourself. You know what I mean? You specifically, because I think in anything that you do that's creative, anything that anybody does, I think that there has to be a level of honesty or, or, or what's the point of, of doing it. You know what I mean? It's, you have like, even with us, we, with the podcast, it's, it's like when we get on here, I try to be as open and honest as possible. Mm-hmm. And even when we're just talking to people, I try and, you know, I don't, I, I don't cover things up. I don't, I don't, you have to be that way and and have that honesty as a storyteller as a writer you know like a like a writer like a like a short story writer and novel writer i i you don't trust your narrator you you don't trust the story so and i think that 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 translates over into any kind of creative like creative thing like even if you're just making like for fun like comedy records or something like that like if if you're not honest with what you what's inside you you can't it won't translate well it'll look it'll it'll look what's the word i'm looking for it'll look like not not real it'll look fake on it'll come out as fake and i think you know also you know it's rad that you made it through cancer dude good good work (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know how like i don't know what the what the protocol for that is my mom beat breast cancer too and i said the same thing to her i'm like good job i guess like i don't know yeah well that's like what, I, Good like, job, bro. Yeah, like, like, way to go, dude. Birthday punches. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that I think that that's absolutely necessary in in music and writing and in podcasting and just being yeah. funny in general. I, I used I used to be very much try and impress everybody and, and keep everybody, you know, be be that guy that everybody likes and that everybody's about. And I find it much more satisfying and real to just let people know things and be more honest and just not care and, and speak my opinion. And if you don't like it, don't listen to my opinion. 100%. Don't, don't listen to, you know, if you don't like my stuff, don't read it. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, I think that apply- you made the parallel for stand up comedy. And, and I think that's the perfect example um, because you have to be you, you people that your audience is already, I mean, unless you're, unless they're coming to see you as a headliner, they're predisposed to probably think you're unfunny. They give you a few minutes, or even if you're known, I mean, you're going to get a few minutes grace, but they have to believe you. They have to believe the material. Um, yeah. yeah there, there's plenty of bad art out there in every discipline. Um, I think you're going to, if people are giving you their time to, to, 
to enjoy it for or to listen to it or to to pay to to see you play you i think you owe it to your audience to to give them some truth um yeah yeah i 100 percent agree you guys agree yeah, yeah absolutely Step yeah i think authenticity is important that's why before we do every show i crush an adderall rail that shit <laughs> stare in the mirror and go you're a fucking hero yeah <laughs> it's a good ritual it's a good ritual <laughs> Well, they say dress for the job you want, not the one you have. That's right. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Um, so yeah, well, I figure that that's a good that's like as good a place to stop as any. Um, and where before we let you go, where can people find you online? Yeah, so mirrorsonthemoon dot com will get you everywhere. So the whole ecosystem of social stuff and links to. Uh, you know, where you can stream the music and videos, which uh, I think all the videos so far have been pretty artful. Um, but the whiskey and wine video is really just, I think uh, it's wonderful. Like we're, we're submitting it to film festivals right now. So it's it's getting a lot of, you know, it, the animator, uh, I'll say it again, Roatash Rao, just I'm, I'm grateful that he took on this project because it, it brought new life to the song. And uh, yeah, mirrorsonthemoon.com. Awesome. Sweet. So you're officially a brutal dude now. Woo. Um, that comes with all kinds of perks, which the main ones are. Um, you can, anytime you want to come back on and promote anything or just shoot the shit with us or, you know, hang out, just reach out, give us an email, let us know, and and we'll, we'll bring you on. Uh, you know, and, and you have an army of followers now and you're part of the Friends of Leto. Friends against Leto. I love Friends it. of Leto. I was set up. Uh, I know. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs>